Wow, wow, wow. Can we give God some praise on this morning? Somebody just say this with me. The Lord is good. And his mercy endureth forever. Come on, say it with me one more time. The Lord is good. And his mercy endureth forever. Pray with me. Father God, we thank you for the atmosphere that has been set. We thank you, Father, for the anointing that is so rich, that is resting in this place even now amongst your people. Father, I thank you for your glory that the praise and worship team ushered in to this sacred place. And I pray, Father, that you would bless these next few moments. Father, that I wouldn't get any glory, any credit, but Father, this sacred moment is all about you. So open up heaven and speak to our hearts, O God. Where we are in life, in our various stages and places, O God, on our walk with you. Speak to our hearts, Holy Spirit, what we need. And we'll be careful, O God, to thank you and give you praise. In Christ Jesus' name we pray and we say thank God. Amen, amen, and amen. Clap those hands and give God praise on your way to your seat. Wow, I am so excited and thank God for the opportunity to come and share with you on today. North Central University. Praise God. I tell you, the Lord is doing some great and mighty things. And what a joy it is to be amongst great believers, friends, and saints on today. To President Hagan, to Pastor Edmund, thank you so much for the invitation. Bishop Washington, my father in the gospel, the bishop for the Minnesota Church of God in Christ, and Board of Regents member sends his love, prayers, and greetings to you all on this morning. And to my fellow friend and pastor, Colin Miller, who I love and appreciate. I just thank God for my brother, professor here, and to all the staff, leaders, senior team that make up uh, this great staff and body on uh, this morning. And last but not least, to my lovely wife, Nyree. Uh, We'll be married 10 years this year. Amen? Amen. I tell you, you got to be saved to put up with me. And so I thank God. For her and just our 15-month-old daughter, Aubrey, they're watching, amen, from home, and we just celebrate and thank God for them. It's an absolute joy and blessing to be here. I want to go to the word of the Lord swiftly on this morning. I feel the Holy Ghost in here. (laughs) I don't know how this is going to go, but I I, kind of feel like I'm at home. And if anybody knows anything about Church of God in Christ, you know, we just kind of have a way of yielding to the Spirit. And so I can't guarantee you, I may not articulate, the brother that introduced me said I'm, you know, a scholar. and I can't guarantee you it may go that way because I just feel the anointing in here. And the amazing thing is that where the anointing is, yokes are broken. Chains are destroyed and lives are changed. So I don't know about anybody else, but I I just kind of feel something creeping up my left foot. And so uh, y'all got to excuse me. If I holler a little bit, y'all just holler back at me because I feel the glory of God moving in this place. Let's go to the word of the Lord. First Timothy chapter four, verses 12 through 16 is where I wish to take our foundational text from this morning. First Timothy chapter 4 verses 12 through 16 I prayed and I wrestled about Lord what would you have me to speak to your people at this great institution on this morning and the Lord brought me back to Paul and Timothy and he brought me to this chapter and these verses in which I wish to expound upon on this morning and here's what the word of the Lord says out of the NIV version it says don't let anyone look down on you because you are young but set an example for the believers in speech 
in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, to preaching and to teaching. Do not neglect your gift, which was given to you through prophecy when the body of elders laid their hands on you. But be diligent in these matters. Give yourself wholly to them so that everyone may see your progress. Verse 16 says, watch your life and doctrine closely. Persevere in them. Persevere in them. Because if you do, you will save both yourself and your hearers. And that's the word of the Lord on this morning from 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 12 through 16. I want you all to pray with me as we consider the subject or thought, be like Jesus. Be like Jesus. If there was ever a time, North Central, that the world needs to see a living, breathing demonstration of our Lord and Savior, my God, I cannot tell you the time is now. And I believe that God is calling us to be great examples of Jesus, not just on Sunday, not just on Wednesdays, not just in our small groups, not just in our prayer meetings, but the challenge is to be a walking example of Christ every day. In fact, we read Paul commands us in 1 Timothy 4 and 12, he tells us here to be an example of Christ. He goes on so far and specifies the areas that we need to specifically concentrate on to accomplish this charge. And as I prayerfully considered what to share with you all on this morning, I could not help make this connection to one of the greatest goats of all time in the NBA. Anybody got any NBA fans out there? Uh, I know y'all starting to call out names already. I'm going to upset some of you. I'm not talking about Kevin Durant. Not talking about Steph Curry, James Harden, or even my guy LeBron James. But this goat, born on February 17, 1963, stands six foot six inches tall, 216 pounds. Y'all know who I'm talking about. Six-time NBA champion, MVP 91 through 93, 96 through 98, five-time NBA most valuable player, and 14-time NBA All-Star attended North Carolina Chapel Hill before being drafted in the first round of the 1984 NBA draft to where? The Chicago Bulls. His initials known as MJ, his famous jersey number 23, that's right, Michael Jeffrey Jordan. Ah yes, I got some fans in the house. MJ, MJ, we affectionately call him, went on and still is one of the leading examples and influences of our day. As a matter of fact, they coined this phrase several years ago, to be like Mike, that several adults and youth used to inspire their goal-driven intent of being just like him. His shoes, his brand are alive and exist all over the world, and we keep his legacy alive by showcasing his shoes, his clothes, the drip somebody. Anybody know about the drip? The jersey number, the memorable plays, the quotes, but I began to wonder North Central last night as I was praying and seeking God in my office at home we keep his legacy alive but are we keeping Jesus's legacy alive Sure, he didn't win six NBA titles but he shed his blood on the cross that we might have life are we showcasing his name are we showcasing his character are we showcasing his quotes? Are we li living, breathing examples of Christ Jesus? 
There is a necessity of being an example. In our text, Paul gives Timothy and us a sobering, unavoidable charge before God to be an example, to be a visible representation of what Christ is to the unbelieving world. If what we have is real, then I believe it ought to show. Say amen, somebody. The world is in desperate need of finding a savior. The world is in desperate need of learning to coming to know who Jesus is. And I have concluded that you and I are probably one of the only Bibles or demonstration of Jesus that some may ever see. The Bible goes on to encourage us in 2 Corinthians 3 and 2. The only letter of recommendation we need is you yourselves, the New Living Translation says. It says your lives are written in our hearts. Everyone can read it and recognize our good work among you, the text says. So we must be careful. Beloved, we act how we act and how we conduct our lives in class and at home and in front of our children and at work. We must be careful how we conduct ourselves. Yes, I've come to learn that colleagues, peers, students, friends will notice our integrity and pay close attention to our honesty. Everywhere we go, we are being watched and analyzed for our every move. And with so many hurt people in the world, I've concluded that we need to share this agenda of hope, share this gospel of good news, share this message of hope and salvation everywhere and with everyone that we encounter. I was studying about the word impress because my question this morning is, is the impress of Christ on you? The Greek word example tupos is defined as an instrument used to stamp its image into others' lives. In other words, God wants you and I to be formed into the image of Christ so that when we meet others, we leave an impression on them. And the impression is not of ourselves, but the impression is of Jesus. In other words, Paul was basically telling young Timothy, this young pastor, I need you to be a copy of Christ. My sister doing sign language. I'm so sorry. I hope I'm not going too fast. The Bible says in Acts 4 and 13, I'm just excited. I'm sorry. Acts 4 and 13, it says the members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, for they could see that they were ordinary men with no special training in the scriptures, but they recognized that these men had been with Jesus. Yes, I come to ask somebody on this morning. I know we're on a college campus, but I'm feeling mighty churchy on this morning. I come to ask somebody, can people tell that you've been hanging out with Jesus? Yes. Woo. Woo. I better calm, I better calm down. All right, let me, let me, I got a couple of points here. Say amen, somebody. I feel good when you say amen. Amen. Some of the main characteristics that Paul challenges us here in the scripture, the first one is speech. He says, be an example in your speech, your conduct, your love, your faith, and your purity. Can I just walk through those key attributes, those main characteristics of a Christian? Number one is speech. Our Lord Jesus said, for out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Y'all remember the passage in Matthew 12 and 34, and by their fruit, he says, you will know them in Matthew 7 and 16. Just as you can tell what kind of tree it is by its fruit. So can you see if someone is really a Christian by the words that come out of their mouth. Say amen, somebody. 
Ephesians 4 29 and chapter 5 verse 4 even takes this issue at this point a little deeper and says don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths but only what is helpful only what is building others up according to their needs that it may benefit those who listen these are improper for God's holy people neither should there be any obscenity or foolish talk which are out of place but rather thanksgiving he writes to the church at Ephesus and then we go back to Matthew chapter 12 where he says but I tell you that men will have to give an account on the day of judgment for every careless word that they have spoken for by your words you will be acquitted and by your words you will be condemned in other words saints we got to be careful what we say but we must be an example of Christ Jesus in our speech we ought to be found speaking and bringing life hope and the knowledge of God filled with purpose and direction to everybody that we come in contact with but Paul does not stop there to young Timothy he goes on to say not only only my young brother, my young pastor, uh, is it important for you to be an example in your speech? But young Timothy, your conduct must align and be worthy of the gospel. In other words, our lifestyle must be worthy of the gospel. The Bible says in Philippians 1 and 27, whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. We don't want to be like the man whose boss caught him not working. When the boss asked him the question, why aren't you working? He confessed, because I didn't see you coming. But Peter says, live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, that they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us in 1 Peter 2 and 12. Our conduct must be worthy of the gospel but not only does it stop there with speech and conduct but three more left he then goes on to elaborate on the characteristics of Christian love the visible church must operate in God's love at all times Paul talked about love in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and I know we like to hear it when we're doing weddings but I like to revisit it to make sure that I'm practicing and demonstrating the biblical definition of what love is. And if we go to 1 Corinthians 13 and look at verses 4 through 8 we will find the words that the Bible says love is patient. Love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs, does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, it always trusts, it always hopes, it always perseveres. Love never fails. Flip back to the letter that Paul wrote to the church at Ephesus in the fourth chapter. He tells them in verse 32 to be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God has forgiven you. Mm -hmm. Speech, conduct, love, and the next one is faith. A person who is an excellent example is consistently faithful and doesn't swerve off the track or deviate from their course. The Apostle Paul was one of those, despite of great suffering, he wrote, I have fought the good fight. 
I have finished my course. I have kept the faith in the future. There is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. Second Timothy 4, 7 through 8 says we must live. We must live, saints of God. Uh, we must be examples in our faith. And last but not least, purity. Paul ends the list with a rarely used term of virtue and chastity. The writer of Hebrews reminds us, and this is a, a very common scripture that we hear in Church of God in Christ, but it's right without holiness. No one will see the Lord. Hebrews 12 and 14. Moral or sexual purity both in thought and act seems to be the idea that we're being communicated to. Timothy Paul, Paul uh, Timothy was Paul's appointed pastor to the church at Ephesus, a city described. You Bible scholars know the background in Revelation as the seat of Satan because it was the location of the massive temple of Diana where there was tremendous amount of shrine and prostitution and immorality. But Paul comes to tell them to be an example in your purity moral impurity was part of the fabric of that city and had to be resisted and we live unfortunately in the same kind of moral corrupt society so this instruction is especially pertinent and important for us today we need to be careful to have pure minds hello somebody we got to be careful to have pure hearts we got to be careful to have pure mouths Paul instructed Timothy to pursue righteousness pursue righteousness faith love and peace second timothy 2 and 22 says we need to be a living example of jesus everything we do and think should be a copy and an example of our savior if you were put on trial if you were put on trial for being a christian Praise team, I think I'll invite y'all up right about now. I feel, I feel the Holy Ghost in here. If you were put on trial for being a Christian, would there be enough evidence to convict you? Would people say that you were religious or would they say that you were a Christian? Do people see enough Jesus in you that it just almost seems unnatural for you to be the way you are? If Jesus is really in your life, I believe he'll show. After all, what's on the inside eventually has a way of manifesting on the outside. You want to know if somebody's really saved? See what happens when they get squeezed. And hopefully when you're squeezed, the God in you, I said the God in you, the God in you shows. We're living in a time where it's important. I want to minister in prayer. Is that okay? I think I got a few minutes. Is that okay? I just feel the glory of God in here. Anybody? Am I by myself or does anybody just feel God's, God's presence in here? I feel, him, I feel him here. I feel him moving. I don't know who this is for, but that young person, you're aspiring to pastor. There's a pastoral calling on your life. and The enemy is trying to do everything he can to pull your loyalty away from Christ great people that he surrounded you with, mentors, friends, even trying to change your mind about leaving NCU. But I come to tell you the devil is a liar and that God has plans and purposes for your life. I feel God in here.
There's a song that just says, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for. To be overcome by your presence, Lord. Can we stand all over this sacred place? Your presence, Lord. Can we say it again together? Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for. To be overcome by your presence, Lord. Can we just enter into his presence? If you're a student here, even if you're a teacher and instructor and you believe in God to do something great, I want to pray for you. I want you to meet me at this altar. I feel the angel is getting ready to trouble the water here at the altar. I feel God in here. I feel there's some yokes that are going to be destroyed. Yokes that are going to be broken. We cancel the plans of the enemy. If that's you, you still got time. I feel God in here. Next verse just says, let us become more aware of your. Y'all know it. Let us experience the glory of your goodness. That's it. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, ba 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 ba. Shatiose. Satan has intensified his attacks. And this future generation that God is raising up, I want you to know that God sees the valor in you. That there's purpose in what you're going through right now. That it's not by accident. I'll give you a little uh, illustration. I got saved at 11 years old in a home that was not saved. I wasn't raised in the church. I don't have a lineage of Church of God and Christ preachers, but God had his hand on my life. Never aspired to pastor, never aspired to lead or work in the church, but God had his hand on my life. And I come to tell you, there's somebody here right now. God has his hand on your life. And I come to tell you, don't throw in the towel yet. Don't give up yet. Be not dismayed. God knows exactly what you're doing. And he is Emmanuel. He is God with us. (laughs) He is God with us. I know you say, well, is he only the God of the mountaintop? No, I come to tell you, he's also God down in the valley. I come to tell you when it hurts, when you're crying at night that he's yet still Emmanuel. You can look around in the midst of it all and find that God is somewhere nearby.
Oh, ba 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 shando say. I got to do what God tell me to do. I just want to lay hands and pray for a few few folks. But can we just really just turn this into a, a house of prayer? Raise up your voice and pray and believe God. Whatever it is, release your faith. Uh, the glory of the Lord. The glory of the Lord. The glory of the Lord. God is here. He's here. He's here. He's here. He's here. Whatever you need from God, lift your hands and receive from heaven. Whatever you need from God, don't you give up. Don't you throw in the towel. The best is yet to come. The worst is over and the best is yet to come. It won't always be like this, but I hear God saying, I know you by your name. I heard your cry. I haven't forgotten about you. Great things are to come. If you hang on in there, don't lose heart. Don't lose faith. God is moving in this place. I feel the glory, the glory, the glory. Come on, somebody open up your mouth and tell God yes. Tell God yes. He's moving, he's moving, he's moving. In the name of Jesus, bless and encourage, oh God. Bless and encourage, oh God. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Satan, we cancel your plans. We cancel your plans. You have no authority. You have no right. But I hear freedom where the Spirit of the Lord is. There is liberty where the Spirit of the Lord is. There is freedom. Somebody shout unto God with the voice of triumph and give God praise for your freedom. Hallelujah. Woo. Come on, he's here. 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 He come to deliver. He come to set free whatever you need from God. Oh, Baba Shata. He's here. He's here.